0: What's up, Travis? According to this schedule, it says that we're going to listen to some of last year's best drama shows from Mr. Jacob's Garage. Yeah, so? I don't know if you remember, Joel, but we already did that last week. Yeah, but if you remember, Travis, we ran out of time and had to put it off till this week. So we're going to do the exact same thing as last time? Pretty much, just different dramas this time around. Will the producers be okay with that? Trust me, they'll be okay with it. If you say so. With that sorted out, let's get things started.
1: And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the delightful drama, The Great Race, Part 2, an adapted biblical lesson about truth. Once upon a time, in the Greenwood Forest, there was a little clearing where two good friends lived.
2: Hello, I'm Hair a rabbit but bigger and faster
3: and I'm tortoise I'm like
1: a turtle but on land these two friends weren't always close in fact there's a pretty famous story about how they had a race to show who was better
3: yeah but all of that is water under the bridge now we're as
2: thick as thieves now bees in a pod brothers in arms besides we know that whole race thing was a silly mix-up I should have been first I just got tired
3: Uh huh. I beat you once, I can beat you again. Fiddlesticks and fluff,
2: I won't get distracted next time.
1: Just then, Dr. Raven flew into the clearing and hung up a poster on the old willow stump.
4: Hear this, all creatures of the forest. There will soon be a contest of athleticism coming to the clearing. All creatures are encouraged to get in shape and prepare for the upcoming events. It's a good way to get healthy and settle past grudges in a peaceful manner.
1: Dr. Raven then headed back to her office And the creatures of the clearing took a long look at the poster.
2: Long jump, high jump, carrot eating, hmm. There are quite a few contests in this event I'd be really good at.
3: Hey, look at this, friend. A race. We could get that rematch you've been
2: begging me for. oh That's quite a coincidence. Let's sign up for that one.
1: And so the two friends signed their names up for the great race. Being a little out of shape since his last race, the tortoise went to Dr. Raven's office to get some tips on how to prepare.
4: Well now, according to these charts and records, you haven't been racing in a while. How's your stamina? (sighs) not great. I see. And your diet? Carrot slices and leafy greens. That's good news. A well-rounded diet is essential to healthy living and will help you in the long run. I would also suggest you get out there and do some cardio— Running, jumping jacks, anything to get your heart pumping.
3: Is that what it says on my chart?
4: Mr. Tortoise, these are basics to any healthy routine. They've been true forever, and as long as you make an effort to get fit, you'll see improvement.
3: I'll do that, doctor.
2: Thank you.
1: The hare, on the other hand, had a different philosophy.
2: Races are won by speed, and speed takes energy. I figure on the day of the race, I'll gobble down as many high energy foods as I can, then pow! the finish line.
3: But what about your muscles? Shouldn't you do a little exercise
2: too? I don't think that's necessary. I know the doctor says that it takes healthy living to win races, but I'm taking the scientific approach to this. Sugar equals energy, equals speed, equals first place. I'm on the cutting edge of new advancement in sports training. I call it sugar beats. Sugar beats everyone else.
1: Sometime the next month, the day of the competition had arrived. The hare and the tortoise took their places at the starting line.
2: Are you ready to go, tortoise? Are you? I spent the past half hour gobbling down fruity cereal, chocolate, marshmallows, and gummy worms. I can feel the energy coursing through my body as we speak.
1: The race had begun. Like last time, the hare shot into first place right away, leaving the tortoise far behind.
2: No naps this time. I'm determined to win.
1: But after five minutes of sprinting, the hare started to feel sick.
2: Uh Cramping!
1: It wasn't long before the tortoise caught up with his friend.
2: Oh! belly ache. So hot! So tired! Gotta get- oh.
4: Are you okay? I'll take care of her. You keep going. The finish line isn't far from here. If you're sure, okay.
1: The raven took the hare aside and found out what had happened.
4: My, my, all that sugar all at once? Sounds like you'd better switch to leafy greens and carrots. Healthy food should fix everything. (sighs) Well, maybe resting is best for right now.
1: The moral is that God's instructions in the Bible for living will always be best. They might seem outdated and old-fashioned, and a lot of the time people try to come up with better ways to get ahead in life. But the further we get from God's instructions, the worse we will feel kind of like a silly rabbit who didn't listen to the doctor and ended up with a sugary bellyache.
2: (laughs) Oh.
5: And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs, comes the pretty good drama, The Little Engine That Couldn't Stop, an adapted biblical teaching about self-control. Far away in a land, where steam trains ruled the rails, there lived a little engine and his driver, Austin Vales.
6: That's right, I run this engine, and we are always on time. Sometimes we're delayed by weather, but that ain't no fault of mine.
5: Driver's
7: right, we're really fast, and anybody knows that when it comes to travel, we're the fastest travel
5: goes. So you can imagine there was a local sense of pride of the speed at which you traveled on this pretty sweet train ride. Austin waved at the children, the engine's whistle blew, and everyone would come to watch the train rolling through. It was one night, the engine thought. It's great I am so fast.
7: If anyone asked to race, I'm sure they'd come in last. I'd chuff and puff and heave and hoe and leave them far behind. And at the end, I'd be dubbed
5: king of engine kind. Hello there, friend. The driver called as he settled in his place.
6: I heard you talking as I approached. What's this about a race?
5: I was
7: just thinking how fast I am and how I enjoy it. So you just pull the handle and toot
5: toot, off I go. The driver cracked a smile and he stoked the fire bright.
6: Well, tell you what, my engine, let's go as fast as light.
5: They sped around the rail yard, collecting all their cars, aided by the moonlight and a million shining stars. The engine cried, ready to begin. The passengers all took their seats as they piled in. Austin pulled the lever and the engine picked up speed. He stopped at 45%.
7: That's all we really need.
5: But the engine wouldn't have it. He loved the rush and said, Austin, give me power. I need to forge ahead. Austin chuckled at his friend and pushed the lever more. The engine lurched with added force as the percent was 64 The engine cheered, his judgment getting hazy, and at his word, the driver went and did something quite crazy.
7: I'll go 100.
5: He yelled as he pushed the lever all the way, and what happened next was incredible. A legend to this day. One minute they were in New York, the next they'd see Niagara. Next was Brazil, then the Congo, Australia, and then Siberia, Egypt, Haiti, Belgium, Hong Kong, Argentina, and Wales. This ride was getting way too fast, even for Austin Vales.
1: This is fun and all, my
6: little friend, but shouldn't we slow up soon? I wanted to get there faster, not take a shortcut
5: to the moon. I cannot stop! The engine wailed as they bolted through Ukraine. The passengers were terrified. Let us off this train! But to no avail did they cry, for stopping there was none, in Portugal, Mongolia, Mexico, or Lebanon. But finally, after what seemed like days, the train did slow down, and when it stopped, all on board jumped off and kissed the ground. Everyone was okay, and for this they gave a shout. But the engine would never go again. His parts were all worn out. His brakes were completely melted, as were his wheels and frame. Even if they could fix him, he'd never be the same. The moral is that there are things that are not bad in life. Money, food, exercise, and the love of man and wife. All these things are good, but turn bad if we let them. If we lose all control and do anything to get them. Instead, chase after God, cause only he can make you whole. Don't be a slave to earthly things. Instead, have self-control.
1: And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the fanciful drama, The Potion, an adapted biblical teaching about jealousy. Once upon a time in a faraway land, there lived two maidens. Camilla.
7: Good day to you.
1: And Drusilla.
7: Charmed, I'm sure.
1: And charmed is how one would describe Drusilla's life. She wore the fanciest of clothes, rode in the finest of coaches, and fame and fortune seemed to follow her everywhere she went.
2: I cannot tarry any longer. The polo match begins soon, and I must see and be seen. You know how it is. No, actually, I don't.
1: Camilla was less fortunate. Though she wasn't what you would call destitute, she lived in a modest house with her old shaggy dog in the middle of the village. But instead of enjoying her quiet life, surrounded by friends and the beauty of nature, she looked out her window at the mansion that Drusilla lived in, and the longer she stared...
7: Who does she think she is, having better stuff and flaunting it in my face? I wish she would lose it all somehow.
1: She stewed day in and day out until she couldn't take it anymore. She put on her cloak and headed into the deep, dark woods. She crossed a little stone bridge and came to a large stone cottage. Gently, she rapped on the door. Hello?
7: Beg your pardon, Master Troll, but I need your help.
1: My help? It's
6: not often that one as fair as yourself needs the likes of me to help them. Don't you have a brave knight or something to solve all of your problems?
7: No, and even if I did, I'm sure no knight could soothe my woes.
6: Very well. Tell me how I can help.
1: And so, Camilla told the troll all about her rival and the things Drusilla had and how that made her feel. The troll nodded and turned to the cabinet behind him. He pulled out a small bottle. This is a potion I have brewed for problems just as this.
7: Really? How does it work?
1: Simply drink
6: this potion, and the one who causes you the frustrations and pain will indeed suffer greatly.
1: I warn you to be careful because it is quite powerful and it knows all. But he was speaking to an empty room. Camilla had already grabbed the potion and was running back home. When she arrived there, she threw off her cloak and ran to her window. glaring at the manor house where Drusilla lived, she uncorked the bottle and put it to her lips.
7: Now to make things fair.
1: She gulped down the bitter mixture and waited. But as she did so, Drusilla came riding down the street on her white stallion.
2: I can't think of a nicer day in all my life. The sun is so divine and the birds are singing so beautifully.
1: Camilla's bones ached as she looked on. She hatefully drank even more of the potion, but Drusilla continued down the road as if nothing was happening.
2: I think I'll ride laps around the city. Won't that be fun? Ah, what
7: is happening? This potion isn't hurting her at all. It's hurting me.
1: It was true. Camilla watched in horror as her skin withered into green wrinkles and the bones beneath began to stiffen. She dropped the empty bottle, remembering the troll's
6: words. It's not often that one as fair as yourself needs the likes of me to help them. No, the other words. Oh, right. Ahem. The one who causes you frustration and pain will
1: indeed suffer greatly. Camilla realized too late that the one who was causing her pain wasn't Priscilla after all. Her own jealousy was the culprit, and it had changed her from a fair maiden into a withered old crone.
7: What a fool I was!
1: Now, this story takes place in a land of make-believe where there are potions and trolls. But make no mistake, dear listener, the moral is that in our world, jealousy doesn't need a potion to destroy us, and every time we let it fester in our hearts, its ugliness bleeds through. God tells us to live at peace with our neighbors instead, sharing his love, and when we do, his beauty will show all the brighter in us. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the roguish drama, The Seekers, an adapted Biblical teaching about God's love. Once upon a time in the Wild West, there was an outlaw named Wally the Kid.
3: That means if the law is in, I'm not. Now, give me your wallet and no one has to get hurt.
1: Wally had many warrants out for his arrest. He had robbed banks, rustled cattle, held up stagecoaches. Pretty much, if it was illegal, Wally had committed it at one time or another.
3: You're gonna keep telling this story or you're gonna hand over your wallet.
1: Oh, here. uh, May I continue?
3: Sure, just don't make any false moves.
1: The thing was, Wally had gotten tired of his life of crime.
3: I feel so alone. I thought when I started that I could have anything I wanted. But look at me. I'm cut off from the world. I can't go into town, and the only way I can make money is by stealing it. And that just puts a bigger price on my head.
1: Meanwhile, in a sheriff's office in Shiloh Valley...
3: You the sheriff in these
6: parts? That's me. Who wants to know? Name's Stacy Tomes, U.S. Marshal. I've been informed that you've got problems with a local bandit by the name of Wally the Kid. Oh, yeah. That dirty coyote's been nothing but a thorn in our side for years. Are you here to take care of him? In a manner of speaking, after my business is done here, you won't have to worry about his thieving ways anymore. Well, great. Let's head out and find
3: him.
1: And so, equipped with the best horses and gear money could buy, the Marshal and the Sheriff rode out into the hills where Wally was known to hide.
3: The Marshal and the Sheriff, you say? I better make tracks. Having a narrator around does have its advantages.
1: By the time they had arrived at his hideout, he had long since gone.
3: Looks like someone tipped him off.
6: We'll never find him now. I wouldn't be so sure about that. What do you mean? Just listen.
1: Whilst they were searching his camp, Wally was headed to the caves in Clayton Ravine.
6: There you go. Huh, listen to the narrator. Never would have thought of that.
1: For months, Wally tried to evade his pursuers. He set traps, burned bridges, and at times even took a couple of shots at them. But despite all of this, the seekers kept chasing him.
3: They just don't know when to give up.
1: And so before too long, Wally found himself cornered out of ammo and out of food.
6: Mr. The Kid, I have been
3: looking forward to this day for a long time. I bet you have. Just do what you've got to do and get it over with. Yeah, sweet justice. <clears throat> by the authority vested in me, I present you,
6: Walter T. Kidd, with this document, a pardon of all crimes, past and present. You are free to become part of society again and enjoy the rights and privileges shared by all lawful citizens. Wait, what? You're forgiving him? That was my whole mission. The rest is up to Mr. Kid. I look forward to seeing your reply. Adios.
1: And with that, the Marshal rode off into the sunset, leaving Wally to decide what to do with this great gift.
3: A full pardon? I can't believe it! You and me both.
1: The moral is, God loves you very much, and He's done more to be friends with you than you can ever imagine. We have hurt him, run away from him, and anyone else would have given up long ago. But God is patient. He doesn't want to miss out on anyone becoming his friend. So if you ever feel that you've been too bad for God to want to be your friend, just remember. He's loved you from the very beginning and nothing will ever change that.
0: And that's two for two. Yep. Two Saturdays full of drama shows and programs and tons of fun! Same thing next week, Joel? Not exactly. What? Why not? We've got to get back to the regular Kids Corner format. You know, the kids have a problem, they listen to the radio, Mr. Jacobs helps them out, they listen to the radio, they act out a drama... They listen to the radio. Exactly! Come on, Trav. You know it sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, it does. Next week, then? Next week.
3: Same time, same place here on the Kids' Corner on Family Life.